So a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I spoke out of Luke, Luke 5, and I'm just carrying on where I left off. And uh, God has been really moving and speaking to us as a community about God's, God's call over our lives. And uh, we saw it throughout, and uh, we saw it in the scripture. Uh, the next, the following week was with um, Henny Cater, and uh, he spoke about the call of God over our lives. Then uh, Nick van Rensburg came and he spoke about the call and uh, Paul on that Tuesday night he spoke about God's call so there's I think we understand what God is saying to us as a community that that there's a there's a call that God is calling us indiv- individually and last week um, it kind of was speaking about <laughs> that's good that's good uh, God was speaking about uh, God using whatever is in our hands uh, for what God has called us to do. And uh, so this morning, I kind of just felt on and uh, in the scripture. So let's read it. Everyone there. Luke 5 verses 27. It's God calls Levi and eats with sinners. So let's read it together. So after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Jesus says, follow me. And Jesus said to him, And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged uh, to their sect complained to his disciples, Jesus' disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 31, Jesus answered them. He said, This is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous, um, not at call. So I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So the question I have this morning, and uh, the title of my message is "Friends of Levi," and um, the question that I have for us this morning is: Do we believe uh, in the power of the gospel? We know the gospel transformed our lives. That's why we're here this morning. But do we have have faith and hope in the power of the incredible gospel for for others? And a a couple of years ago, a guy who struggled with anger, uh, he had issues with anger, he he reacted, he, he really had an anger problem. He went to certain things to try to sort out his anger. And, and uh, it was a couple of years ago, uh, Taylor was here. And he, uh, in the whole weekend on the Sunday, there was an altar call or an, an, just a prayer time. And he came forward. And he was standing in front of, uh, over here in the front and asking God just to, to deliver him from his anger. It was an issue. It was a problem. It was a problem in his marriage, his work. It was really like a, a dirty not a dirty, but a thing that was just kind of have, just creating a havoc in his life. <clears throat> and uh, he was asking God, and all of a sudden he, he felt uh, Wayne Rowe, his hands upon his shoulders. And uh, if you know Wayne Rowe, he's got really strong hands. And he was over uh, this, this guy. And in that moment, he felt like just like a hammer was just breaking off the very things, the anger that he was feeling in his heart and disappeared. And from that moment, um, 
the issue, the thing that he was struggling with, his anger problem disappeared. And from that day, he walked to this day. Uh, he has, um, you know, we all experience anger, but the outburst and the, if we have uh, anger management problems. But God just healed him in that moment. And so the world is a messy place. Um, and it's full of those guys that are full of anger, full of sin, full of different things, and people like Levi. And so Levi was, he was a tax collector. Not Saz, so don't get uh, disappointed now, like, listen, Saz is going to be converted. But a, a tax collector was, uh, he worked for the Roman, the Roman Empire. And uh, he was, all the tax collectors were very extremely disloyal to, to Israel. And uh, that's why they so despised the tax collectors. And uh, they were collaborators with the, the pagan rule. And they squeezed as much money as they could with over the Israelites. And uh, so what happened was the, the, the Romans would have certain areas where they have different amount of tax that should come from that area. So let's say it's Nisner. So they'll say Nisner needs to have a certain amount of tax um, collected. And so then they'll give it over to the tax collectors and they would bid for the area of Nisner to collect the tax for the Romans. And, uh, and so what happens is they'll, as they collected a certain amount, the, that was in a sense Roman. And so the, from above, far, uh, above the tax collected, that would be theirs. And so that's how they made their profit. They would squeeze. They were, uh, they were the, the people that would come and kind of squeeze every ounce of tax or money that the people had. And so they were extremely corrupt. Uh, they, um, you know, corruption was their middle name. And uh, Levi is an, an, an incredible example of, of how God met a man and in a, in a moment was converted. And he's actually in the middle of his sin, the midst of his sin, because he was in the tax booth. So he's busy robbing people of, of their money, of their finances, and in the middle of his sin. Don't we, it kind of sounds familiar to our lives where it says, you know, in the middle of our sin, Christ died for us. And so in this, he's like, in the middle of our sin, Jesus calls Levi, and he leaves immediately. And uh, Jesus calls him to salvation, to discipleship, and even ministry alongside him. And so Levi moved from wickedness to ministry in one step. And it's amazing how we as Christians, it's almost like you have to do these certain amount of courses, and you must come to church seven times, and then you literally are converted, or, or that you are hence a Christian, but here we see in Scripture that it's not like that. It's a moment where God met him, and the power of the gospel just transformed his life, just like the guy with anger. It was a moment where God just, it was just a God encounter, the God's kingdom of his, of his gospel transformed his life. And incredible saving grace that, you know, God's, God's saving grace doesn't need preparation. And it's almost like uh, in creation, it's, it, it was darkness, and, and then God said, let there be light. That's like our salvation. 
It's not like this. We have to jump these certain hoops. And uh, I've got a few friends that, um, that have, in a sense, stepped away from serving Jesus and walking alongside Jesus. And I say, listen, you know, listen, I, I, I speak to them. I, I, I plead with them. And I speak to them just about life. And one of the things is, is the, that comes up the most is, man, I just have to sort out certain things in my life before I come back. And we, in a sense, can sometimes, even us, we like, I just got to sort out these certain things. But that's not what the gospel, the power of the gospel is like. It's like immediate. And yes, there's a process. Yes, we have to sort out stuff in our lives. And there's things that we have to deal with. Yes, that is that. But the, the issue with salvation, it's instant. It's like, as we pray, as, as God calls Levi, it was like, it was immediate. He followed him. And we begin to see that the grace of God begins to offend the religious people. See, the difference between faith and just plain religion is that religion doesn't, not, it doesn't like grace. It's like the, the, those, those Pharisees, those teachers of the law, and that, don't say like that could be those kind of people. That could be us. <laughs> And we see someone, we see someone's life, and we look, oh my word, he's just changed in in an instant, and he's following Jesus, he's ministering with Jesus. How can he, you know, how can Jesus sit with those kind of people? And how can he be so, so quick, and how can Jesus sit with them? And the question is, is that I have for us this morning is, you know, what to do with friends like Levi? And we all have friends like Levi. You know, God has called us to reach those who, who don't know Jesus. We all have friends that are, are like Levi. And one of the hardest things, and I, and I hope this morning it will kind of deal with it, is how do we deal with friends like Levi? See, God has called us to minister to them, to be uh, that light to them but how do we how do we how can we learn from jesus to to reach those people because first of all number one is god has called us not to judge um he speaks it very plainly in his scripture to not judge uh sinners and one of the most amazing or the most amazing um pointing fingers at the church is that we are judgmental and it's a sad thing because when, when the world points at the church, it's, it's pointing to you and me. We can point out it's at the church next door, but actually sometimes in our own hearts, we have to look in our hearts and say, am I judgmental? Am I judging the sinners that are outside there? Because God has called us to be friends of Levi. And so I'm going to look at Jesus. How did he do it? How did he in this moment, be friends uh, to, to, to friends like, like Levi. And so in Matthew 9, 11, 19, it says, Jesus was a friend of sinners. Now, a lot of us think, you know, we read that scripture and he ate with sinners and in their homes. And, um, and I wonder how much, how often that Jesus was asked back to those dinners. But Jesus explains his presence with sinners differently than we expect. 
And so he wasn't in a sense enjoying, enjoying hanging around them. Um, doesn't mean he really enjoyed their fellowship. He probably had very little in common with them. It's like, you know, you can imagine Jesus sitting there and, and they're busy talking. It's like, you know, who's your father and mother? Well, listen, it's, a, it's a quite a different story. I mean, I have a father, but my mother, you know, I was conceived by the Holy Spirit. What? Okay, I mean, you can imagine the, the chatter. Hey, you know, like, what did you do when you were young? Oh, listen, I just hanged out in the synagogue and I was debating. And it's just like, you must have had not very much in common with, with the people that were in those, those places having dinner. But he loved them too much to, to like what they enjoyed. So he was sitting with sinners. He was sitting with prostitutes. He was sitting with people that squandered people's inheritances. And in that, he, he kind of explains in his presence with, with these people is that he, imagine, he was sitting there with these, these, these sinners and, and people that, of, of, of just, that, don't know, that don't know him. And they, the, the Pharisees were looking at them and asking, well, you know, how can you sit with these people? How can you associate yourself with them? And so he says, listen, I've come f- not come for the righteous. So you can imagine the guy sitting next to him. I've come for those who are sick. You can imagine the oak next to him saying, you know, I've just chatted to you, so do you think I'm, I'm sick? But we can perceive this way, this, this, his, his understanding of his presence among sinners in, in two ways. You see, most people might think that's an offensive talk. I mean, he's come for, for sick people. Like he's saying that you are sick, that you need a savior. No, that's offensive, Paul. Don't you? I, can't say, I can't walk up to someone and say, listen, bro, you're sick. And he's probably going to slap you through the face or he's going to unfriend you uh, on Facebook or block you. And uh, uh, the, the, the other way is that we can say it is it's inauthentic. It's like, no, listen, and I really struggle with this. It's like, I've got many friends like Levi, but, you know, you have to, you have to, I mean, you just got to do what they do. We've got to befriend them. We've got to walk the journey with them. And uh, you've got to kind of be in the mist and not really say much. And then only right at the end of their life, when they're almost on their deathbed, that you kind of slide into their DMs and just like, no, listen, you're sick and you need Jesus. You need a Savior. And they're like, jeez, bro, like I've been waiting 20 years for you to speak up about Jesus. And so we think it's inauthentic. And Jesus wasn't, wasn't thinking like that. And uh, so if you go to Luke 7, verse 44, it's another, just how Jesus does this with people. And it's, and it's so amazing how he does it. And um, I'll just, for, for time's sake, just to, to skim through it. And so there was a Pharisee who was named Simon. And Jesus was there for dinner. So it's amazing, you know, like we, how important that we said last week about what's in our hand and uh, what's in our hands that God can use. And here we see our homes, dinner. Uh, There's so many accounts where Jesus had dinner with people. He was invited. And our homes are a place where we can minister to so many people. 
It doesn't matter if you're single or married or whatever it is, that your home, wherever you are, is a, a perfect place to invite those who uh, need to know Jesus. So anyway, so um, this, the, the Pharisee, so Simon invites uh, Jesus to them. And a woman in the town, a prostitute, a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she heard. And uh, she comes and she has the, the, uh, the jar of perfume and she breaks it and she washes Jesus' feet uh, with her tears and with her hair. And, she, and uh, all of a sudden this Pharisee, Simon, says, listen, you know, um, do you know, do you know who this lady is of the town? In verse 40, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Imagine, imagine the Son of God saying that to you, pointing towards you and saying, listen, I have something to tell you. It must be quite a, geez, oh, I, would have, I would have pretty run. And the amazing thing that I see here is, is many of us have, we try to find the balance of when to speak when not to speak. And, and it's a difficult thing. It's like, when do I speak up to someone? I, I have a friend that I've been friends with for, for uh, 12 years. When do I begin to share the gospel with people? And it's one of the questions that we all have. And, but we see here is Jesus was at dinner. He didn't go around and Bible bash. He didn't go around and point to the person and say, you're a, you're a, you're a sinner. We see the, when he was at the, the, the woman at the well, he was literally just getting water. And all of a sudden, a conversation arises. And the amazing thing is, um, when, when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, when we have God's kingdom in our lives, when we're in those situations, sickness, darkness begins to get uncomfortable and begins to show itself. It begins to reveal itself. And Jesus didn't have to do much. He was sitting dinner with this Pharisee, and the lady heard that Jesus was there, and so he, she, she went there. And the incredible thing of that Jesus didn't call her. He was just there. He was with, the, he was with his friends with Levi. And in that moment, he used that moment to teach something to, to Simon of this, this, this Pharisee. And we, we see light comes. And darkness begins to flee. And he wasn't hesitant to, to bring God's light, to bring God's kingdom, and to cure the sickness. Um, and he didn't hush away, he didn't get, you know, and I think for many of us that's what's happened, is that we're in a situation, we're in uh, someone's home, we, um, something comes up and we're too scared, like a moment like this of this, this lady coming here, and it's a commotion, sin is revealed, sin is, it's, it's like this, there's the, the, the darkness begins to, to like get uncomfortable because light is there. You are there. And in that moment, it's like either we can hush it away because we don't want to offend people. We don't want to like cover it up or say, listen, it's not the right time. But at this moment, the darkness is kind of beginning to flee. And so Jesus takes this opportunity for the kingdom of God to establish the kingdom in that very moment, in that person's life. And, and, it, and it brought such clarity for, for me, because I struggle with this, is knowing when to speak and when to be quiet. 
But actually, I just have to have friends like Levi. I need to be there. And in those moments, I know that because I carry the gospel inside of me, that something is going to come out. Something is going to be revealed. And I have the opportunity, not out of, out of condemnation over those people, because we can see Jesus' heart. What did he say to that woman? He didn't expose her or try to make her shameful because she must be incredibly bold and incredibly hurt to come into that room and all of a sudden in front of all these men and maybe even in that, in that room that she has been unfaithful to and, and fall herself, break the most, her, her year's wages on Jesus' feet and wipe with her hair, her tears, her, all of a sudden because she knew that the person of Jesus was in that room. And Jesus didn't have that moment where he's just like, no, 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 no listen, you know, I'm in, I'm with my friends, my chomies. He uses this moment and he, he, he says, peace, you know, and, and he says at the end to her, he says, um, your faith has saved you, go in, go in peace. And in that moment, he, he wasn't looking for it. He wasn't Bible bashing. He wasn't trying to, to expose uh, those that are in sin, that are living in sin. But darkness was there. And when it came out, it, was, it wanted to come out because light was there. He just dealt with it. He just had that moment where he could deal with it in a kingdom way. Does that make sense? It's just go in peace. And I remember... Um, I was, I was uh, a friend's 21st. This is quite a while ago. And um, I went to his house and uh, there was lots of drinking. And, you know, just the 21st. And he wasn't saved. And uh, we used to call him Dirty German. Anyway, he was a German guy, good friend of mine. And uh, he invited us to go to, back in those days, it was uh, Zanzibar in, in town. And I didn't really, I wasn't, wasn't really my thing. Um, and I was leading youth at that time, and I was like, well, please, Lord, if I go to Zanzibar, please don't let me see one of my youth guys there. It would be a little bit awkward. Luckily, Peter wasn't there. So, and, uh, and I walked into there, and obviously I just I said, listen, I'm just going to go. And uh, I walked in, and uh, walked into, it was a busy night. It was a, I think it was a Friday night. And, um, and it was just lots of, you know, what happens happens there and, and there was lots of drinking and I was sitting talking and trying to talk and trying to I don't know just be a friend to Levi and um and I remember that moment and I was uh, it was late at night I was going to go home and it was raining and I just felt so uncomfortable because darkness was beginning you could just I could sense it um and I know a lot of people in the town and I could point out those are underage and I just it began to affect me and I, I remember just, just feeling, in a sense, it was a weird feeling, like even if it was the, the presence of, of God, just His weight upon me and His, His, His heart's desire for these people in this room. And I remember saying to my friend, I said, listen, I have to go. And I remember walking along the street, I parked far down, passed by the Anglican church, and I was walking, it was pouring with rain. And I was walking, it was just like the, the, the heaviness of God's presence just kept on like, just the weightiness of, of those people's lives. And I remember opening the car and I closed the door and I just began to weep. 
I just wept. <laughs> and I, I, to this day, I was just like, it reminded me of that people are wasting their lives in those places. And, uh, and I, was, I was weeping for my friends. And the sad thing is, not one of those friends has saved it. But I know one day, I'm not very close with them now, but I know one day God is going to have an opportunity for me where I'm just there, just in those moments, and I can just, something, sickness will come out. That's what Jesus was saying. He was, he was sitting there, and he says, sickness is here to those Pharisees, and sickness is going to come out, and I'm going to be the one there is going to show them the cure. I'm going to be the one. I am the light of the world. And in those moments when people, it doesn't matter where you are, you are the light. And it's like, and it's, and it's in a sense that we, that God has put us, God has called us to be in those places. Not necessarily, I'm not saying <laughs> Zanzibar. A lot of people use that scripture. They're like, yo, I'm going to Zanzi's. I'm just going to drink as everyone else's. I'm going to use that. We abuse that scripture as well. It's like uh, uh, it gives me free range <laughs> to do whatever I want and just say, listen, God's called me there. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying God's called you wherever you're at. Um, God's called us to, to be that light into the world. And a lot of us, we, 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 uh, we feel guilty. And we're like, oh, we're trying, we're praying for these people. And we, and we, oh, we sometimes we don't see the, the fruit. And we, oh, it's just like we get disheartened. And, um, and I think uh, Jesus in those places, not, not all of them got saved. But the amazing thing is God knows who needs. God's working on people's lives. And when you ever you're out in that those situations, it's like God's there. And uh, another guy once he, he he called me late at night and and uh, he said, "Can I come see you, Paul?" And um, I was about to go to bed and I said, "Listen, bro, sure, come." And uh, I was and he came and I could smell that he's been drinking and. Uh, he just, you could see he was in a, in a state. And uh, he walked in and uh, he began to just share his journey that he's been struggling with alcohol and uh, his whole family struggles with alcohol and uh, he wants to be delivered. And he's just like, he was just completely breaking. And, um, and I remember just praying for him and obviously the whole conversation and I'm just like, okay, it's, it's getting late as well. It's like dozing off and so I, Eventually I said, okay, can I pray for you? And anyway, praying for him and nothing was, you know, just like just a prayer and nothing was really happening. And, and all of a sudden I just felt God say, um, I want you, I can't really remember what, I, what God told me to say, but just something. And all of a sudden just something broke and he began to manifest and uh, on the floor. And so I was pretty freaked out. I didn't really experience anything like that. And, and, uh, he literally broke his shoes. He was um, doing whatever he was doing. And, uh, um, and I, I remember just going, 
eventually I was like, yes, this is hectic. So, and at that stage, I was, I was still living with my folks and, and I went upstairs. They were like all awake praying. They're hearing something's going down downstairs. And uh, we, they came down and my mom said she felt just to play a, a song. And uh, in their DVD player there, there was CDs. And we always never used to keep the CDs in the covers. So she literally took, it was dark, she took and she said, I really hope this is not Bob, Bob, Bob Marley. Because sometimes my dad used to listen to Bob Marley. I don't know why. And um, he took out the CD and she put it in and she played it. And it was, uh, I think it was Amazing Grace or something. And it played. And we came downstairs and, and we just began to pray over his life. And, and, um, and, and that night he, he got delivered. And, uh, and the, the reason why I'm telling you this is, is that, that sometimes we don't, that guy is that I, I, I was so many times that I was just sitting with him and explaining. He was one guy that said, listen, I need to sort out my life before I come back to Jesus. And I was like, no, that, that, that doesn't make sense. You know, you can come as you are. We're all broken. We're all messy. My life is messy sometimes. We live in a messy world, but in here we can find wholeness and we, we're following Jesus together. Don't just like, and, um, and I wasn't looking for it for that time. It was just that, that moment where God brought him, that person that needed something. And uh, so just to encourage us this, uh, this, this morning is that you are that light. God has called you for that places that you're at. It doesn't matter. Maybe you've been trusting for someone's salvation in your family for years. It might be uh, your colleagues or it might be someone that you're walking a journey with. And the question is, uh, this morning, is uh, that God really struck me. He says, Who are, who's following you? Are sinners following you or are Pharisees following you? And I thought, geez, actually, who's, who's, who's following me? Because Pharisees follow what they like. But Jesus, the Pharisees didn't follow Jesus. Sinners did. And in our lives is, is our sinners, and we th- might think, and we think, geez, that's a bad thing, the sinners following. But actually they're seeing something in our lives that they want, that we carry. And many of us might think, geez, I'm not an evangelist. I don't even know how to explain the gospel. But it's amazing when we know that the gospel inside of us is powerful. That God will give us the word. We know that, that God has called us to be that Matthew 28, that we can therefore go and make all disciples of nations. That that's what God has called us to do. That there's a world that's broken. There's a world that is messy. There's a world that are, there are many Levi's. And the incredible thing that uh, some scholars say that, that Levi is, is God turning into to Matthew which means the gift of, of Yahweh. And Matthew wrote pretty much a lot of the Bible. And God just called him just like that. And maybe whoever's following you has to look at your life. And if no one's following you, then you need to realize, man, I need to dig into God's word more. Let him transform my life that people, when they look, when I'm walking in my, my workplace or whatever, they're seeing something because you, you're putting something in. And... Uh, because time will come when you're in a situation, having supper, and the light that God has put inside of you, darkness begins to get uncomfortable. And, and sickness, not just sickness, sickness of sin begins to reveal itself. And then we have the beautiful opportunity to not expose, because grace covers. And grace empowers us to not to sin. But it's, we have the opportunity 
to give the cure to those that are around us. Amen. So I really feel that you feel encouraged this morning to, to be that light, to be that to someone um, this morning. So let's just pray. And uh, maybe just, I know God has an incredible way of just putting people in our hearts. He is the master of people's lives. And He knows exactly who needs what at what stage of their life. And we just have to be available. And so just as we pray now, I really feel that God is going to lay people in our hearts. And just watch and just pray. I just felt just to say, uh, God, just say, test me on this. Test me on this. And uh, just pray. Begin to right now in your heart to pray for those, those people. And uh, just allow God just to, to show you what, and, and just watch that how God uses you in those, those situations. And so, Father God, we just, we come to you. Thank you, Jesus, that you, you first loved us. That you called us out of darkness. And Lord, we know that, Lord, in the middle of our sin, you called us out. That you saved us. That you gave us an inheritance, eternal life. And I pray this morning, Lord, that you will stir us in our heart, that you've called us as a people into a messy world to be a light to be salt to the people around us and even in the middle of our own mess Lord that we can glorify you that we can be sometimes like that sinful woman that sometimes our lives are just a mess and we can come in the feet of Jesus and weep know that Jesus the love that you have for this world I pray Lord that you'll give it to us give us the love that is needed for this world Lord we look at the world and it's hard to love sometimes we look at our friends and sometimes in our sinful desires we want to judge and want to say how can that person do that but yet God that you were the one that bore on the cross for those people and in the middle of your pain, Lord, that on, the, on the side of the cross, even in the middle of your pain, the person next to you on, on the cross came and asked, Lord, may, you, may I see you in paradise? And you said yes. And I pray, Lord, in the middle of our walk with Christ, it's not just about me. But Lord, open our eyes to see the beautiful people around us the beautiful people that are needing to say just go in peace so Lord as we pray right now I pray for those people that you put in our hearts Jesus I pray that as we wherever we are that darkness will begin to get uncomfortable and sin will begin to reveal itself that we can deal with it in the power of the kingdom that we won't be afraid, that we'll be bold in those moments because the power of Jesus lives inside of us. And then when we speak, it's not that our words, it's, but it's your words. And I pray, Lord, that we'll fill ourselves with your word when we are with those people, that it will just explode inside of us, that they will begin to see. I pray for those who are following us, Lord, 
that will be looking at our lives. Lord, I even I pray that we begin to open our eyes to see who's following us. Because, Lord, the amazing thing is the world is desperate, desperate to find peace. And, Lord, that you are the peacemaker and you live inside of us. And so they are looking and searching and looking and looking for peace. And we have the peace that is inside of us in the gospel of Jesus, the salvation, Lord, that is in you. And I pray, Lord, that we will just bring people to Jesus, to your feet, to introduce them to the, the lover of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray this week, Lord, that there'll be just a move amongst our friends, amongst the Levites that are around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just one or two announcements, uh, if it's okay with you.